When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and I'm happy to say my co-host, John Carcutt, is here today, the Director of Yay. SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. How's it going, buddy? I'm so happy to be back. Yay. I hate missing shows. It drives me nuts. I hate soloing them. <laughs> so I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I would hate that too, so I understand. <laughs> well, I don't hate it, but I usually don't have as much prep done, so it's, it's, it's nice to have you on. You can always banter too, which is always good. Yeah, that's always fun. That's the best part, just bantering. <laughs> You've been doing a lot of travel. Has it all been? Has it a lot of that been the local busy or local stuff you're doing? Or no, it's it's a little bit of everything. Been out training and took a little bit of a vacation. Played some music with my high school garage band. We get back together once or twice a year now. You know, thirty years later, and it's a blast. We have the family out. We do a picnic, and it's it's a fun time. So um, it was it was some relaxing travel. It's not over. I'm traveling next week, and next month I'm gone for a week. So we'll make sure we get some shows in the can before then so we don't have this delay again next time because I don't want to miss these. Excellent. That'd be great. So today we have uh, a few things to talk about. Yay! Yay, we actually have some stuff. So thank you for helping with the prep. Um, (laughs) The first one I have to just have to get into. It's it's a rant. I don't know how many people like these or not, but they have to happen. Um, <laughs> and yes, uh, I agree with John. This should be cued with Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Um, the question is, and I get this so often, uh, thankfully less often, but it, it just frustrates me when I hear it. Why should I pay for a website audit? You're just going to tell me what's wrong with my website. Then you're going to s- send me a, a, a quote to do the work. Okay. The website I offer and website audits I offer, and I know John offers as well, are the type that are absolutely invaluable on their own. You could just pay for an audit. In fact, I get a lot of people paying just for an audit, and then they take the information they learn from that, and they apply it to their site themselves. Um, Even if they don't, they get a way more in-depth analysis of every single thing that's going on in their website so that they then know what should be done next in order of priority. Um, the, the question I got from uh, a recent pitch or a recent uh, 
uh, prospect um, was, well, you know, I, I go to my mechanic and I ask them to give me a quote. They check out my car. They tell me what's wrong um, and then give me a quote. I don't pay for that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the difference here is, in my opinion, is that a mechanic in many cases just has to do a scan, uh, look through, quick look through. And they also may just plug in, like a lot of the new cars now, they plug in at diagnostics. They can find out immediately what's wrong. That's not the case with websites. Uh, now, before I keep going going on here, what, what's your thought, John? No, I, I, I totally agree. I've, I've run across this a number of times. The, the mechanic analogy is kind of interesting um, because you're right. They, they have some tools that make it real simple. They just plug it in, boom, here's what's wrong. Plus, you could at that point walk away and go home and do it yourself if you want, if you know enough about mechanics to tear apart your transmission and replace some internal part, Right. Um, that if you if you know that much about it already, you probably wouldn't have needed to go to the mechanic in the first place to find out what was wrong with your car if you could fix it yourself already. In this case, most people don't know enough about their websites to understand what's wrong, um, so it's a much more valuable process than just a mechanic saying, "Hey, uh, you got a flat tire." Yeah, well, and also we have the equivalent of a mechanic occasionally calling us. You know, they they are very, I would say, competent SEOs themselves. But they contact me because they want uh, an expert's advice just to see if there's anything they missed. They consider that valuable, and, and I, I do too. I mean, I'm looking at these things. Um, it takes many hours in some cases, and I'm, I'm picking apart the site completely, plus all of their outside links, all the off-site links pointing back to their site, trying to determine if there's anything wrong, where we can fix it, what can be improved, and what priority. And yep. you know, maybe they only determine two things that they didn't see before, but that can be huge. Yep. And the other side of the analogy um, play is a doctor. You pay a doctor for a diagnosis, and then you pay him to treat you as well. So, you know, you can come up with these analogies on both sides of it. Yeah, unless you're in Canada. <laughs> to, to what? Unless you're in Canada. Unless you're in Canada, that's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No cost for any of that. <laughs> We're getting Obamacare whether we want it or not, so. Uh, it's nothing like Canadian care. That's much that's different. true, <laughs> but but so let's talk about audits in general, though, because uh, I can. There are some people out there. I, I saw one recently, an audit from a competitor, that the audit was not worth the paper it was printed on, and it was just devised as a sales tool that they they, they put together through some automated form out there on the internet somewhere that they probably didn't even know how to analyze this stuff themselves. Those kind of audits, I agree, you know, there's no reason to pay for something like that. You know, for me, and you mentioned we both have pretty in-depth audits, there's three things that I, that I think need to be included in a really good quality audit that you can charge for. One, you said, is prioritization. So when you do the analysis and you come up with issues, you sh they should be prioritized for the, the person, the client, to understand what's the most important stuff to fix first. Uh, second thing that needs to be included is reasons why. So when you when you come to an analysis point and you say this needs to be fixed, you need to explain why it needs to be fixed and what the consequences are if it doesn't get fixed. And then the last thing in that same thing is tell them how to fix it. I think an audit should be a, a document you can walk away with, and if you are any kind of competent person, can walk through and fix at least some of these issues yourself. And exactly. that's why it's valuable. That's why it's a valuable tool that's worth, you know, some kind of payment. Right. And, and in this case, I even included conversion analysis and recommendations. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, it's a nonprofit. And at Step Forth, we do 50% off all of our services for nonprofits and charities. Now, so they're already getting I, a major discount. <laughs> and, I, and I can tell you one of the reasons that I get this pushback, not only from clients sometimes, but the salespeople in our organization will push back. You know, why do we have to charge for this? Why can't we just use this as a lead generation, give them some information so they'll sign up for our program, which is a valid question um, You know, that, that would make a great, lead gen type of tool. If you give them an audit and you know they say, okay, I can't do this myself, and then you sign them up for a 12-month contract. That's a, that's a good strategy. And But at the same time, you've got to be able to handle both situations with your audit. So what we've done in, in some cases is say, okay, if you want to audit, um, what we'll do, if you continue on with us on a long-term contract, we'll subtract the cost of the audit from your long-term contract. And it might be over broken up over months, but Basically, at that point, if they do sign, they did get the audit for free. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And, and the other thing, in terms of a sales uh, tool, we have done that in the past. I've had many um, sales associates ask for that. And what we've done in, is is kind of done a, le- a, a bit of a loss leader where we're saying, okay, we've just done a two of, or whatever, uh, how you put it, but some sort of a pitch where we, we find two major issues on their site. We give those away free. And then... Um, these are things that will make a difference um, in terms of their, uh, many of their rankings, but there are more that we've found. We'd be more than happy to provide those for you, et cetera. Yeah, I, I do those on sales calls. I mean, I'll, I'll do prep for a sales call. If I'm going out to see somebody with a salesperson as like the, the product expert, I'll do some prep on the call. I've the calls where I'd walk in before we sold them a thing and said, hey, your robots.txt is blocking your entire site. You better fix that. And they're so happy with that. It's like, okay, we're signing up for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know why you're not getting rankings? Well, you blocked all the search engines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> Sadly, it actually happens quite well, maybe way, times way a year too we often. get that. Yeah. Way too often still. <laughs> More and than a lot of times. And in a lot of times, that's one of the first things I look for, and it's because they hired a design firm that did the right thing. They put a robust text in the development environment to block searches because you don't want your development site getting indexed. And they did the correct thing, but somebody down the road that was supposed to put the site live didn't, didn't take it away like they were supposed to and open it back up. It's the simplest issue but it causes the biggest problems yeah yeah and and also um, within wordpress it's very common to um to disable you know do a no index or whatever and then so it's usually the robots that text again as well but in this case uh you can see it within wordpress now thankfully they've enabled it that you can tell that your site's being blocked but for the longest time you didn't people didn't even know yeah exactly and they'll tell you in WordPress, or not WordPress, you mentioned that, but they'll tell you in Webmaster Tools as well now if you're doing that. Good. So It's amazing how much effort that took, didn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is. It's just crazy. Well, on that note, let's uh, take a quick break. Uh, then I've got an interesting question to pose to you about uh, Google+, Plus, which uh, I've been sort of mum- rummaging through lately. <laughs> okay, you got it. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Largest event in digital marketing, AdTech New York 2013, returns to the Javits Center in New York City, November 6th and 7th. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get 20% off registration by using promo code NY13WMR20. Meet over 9,000 marketing and technology professionals from all over the world. Experience two action-packed days with keynotes. Education led by digital marketing's best and brightest. Hundreds of leading-edge suppliers, non-stop networking, and so much more. 
Plus, AdTech New York 2013 will again feature the Startup Spotlight Series. Featuring startups with promising services and technologies for brands and marketers in the digital space vying for the coveted AdTech Innovation Award. Register right now for AdTech New York 2013 by going to na.ad-tech.com slash ny or click on the banners on the webmasterradio.fm website for 20% off your conference pass. That's na.ad-tech.com slash ny. From the official radio podcast network of Internet Retail. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Well, um, one of the things that have come up recently, uh, it was a very good question. It was a bit of a, well, for me, it was a bit of a, a mind twister. And that is, well, let's, let's first preface this. When you're using social, um, many people, like so let's say they uh, post something on Facebook, they do some writing, um, Maybe it's a rant. Maybe it's a, it's a whole equivalent of a whole post or an article they write on Facebook. If they copy and paste that into their blog, and they often do, they try and get double advantage of that. Now, that's okay because, in, in, well, depending on where you are on Facebook, because it is a, a, a walled garden. But my question is, on G+, if you post a unique article, so you've written this there, and then post it on your blog, is that duplicate content? If it is, it should be clear to users, and that's my opinion. And there's a few other things to talk about here. But what do you think, John? It absolutely is. We know that the Google Plus pages are crawled and indexed frequently, and actually sometimes better than blogs. And so if you're putting the same exact content on a Google Plus page that you put on a blog post on your site, you are creating duplicate content. Because it's, it's not like Facebook. You're absolutely correct. Facebook, in most cases, that content's not going to get crawled and indexed. Um, so it's not as big an issue, but Google Plus, we know it does absolutely get crawled and indexed. Well, and, and okay, let's, we obviously know that. I guess what I'm struggling with here is 
uh, not so much debating whether or not it's true. It's whether or not it makes sense. Because, you know, if you think about Google, yes, so yes, yes, they love their, their social, they, they're pushing it hard. But many, 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 many people don't <laughs> use Google Plus yet. And if you write something really good, you're going to want to put it on your blog. Uh, and in fact, sure. there's a great plugin out there that will post what you've done on your Google Plus. It'll convert it into a WordPress post. And uh, that's actually how this came about, came about uh, through a friend well, of mine. So we've got to remember what, what the, the, the issue is here. So if it's duplicate content, there's, there's not going to be a penalty. There's not going to be any kind of thing no. other than a filter. One or the other of them will get indexed and show up. They may switch back and forth sometimes. So, you know, if you have a very strong Google Plus profile, that may get indexed when it's there. If you have, a, you know, a much stronger blog and a weak Google Plus profile, it may get indexed from your blog. So it's not going to hurt you. It'll get indexed somewhere and it'll be exposed if someone's searching for it. You know, if you're searching for the topic, you're going to be exposed. And, you know, honestly, if you have a weak Google Plus page, maybe that's the one you want to be exposed, you know, um, as opposed to a blog. I don't know. Either way, it's not going to hurt you. No, it's not a question of hurt. It's a question of strategy. Because in this mm-hmm. case, um, uh, this person, uh, Lori, uh, who's a very prominent interior, dec- uh, interior dec- or designer, sorry, circuit, um, <clears throat> she's huge. I mean, she's one of the recommended users on, on Google+. Plus. She's got uh, over 50,000 followers. And, sure. and so she writes a lot on her Google+. Plus, but so she spends all her time there. And she doesn't get a chance to necessarily write a lot on her blog, but she wants people to also take some, you know, get something out of that. So she makes sure that in case someone's not following her there, they can get benefit of her blog. Now, now we've already discussed that. That's fine. But what if she wants to make sure that her website doesn't completely lack clout? Um, you know, you don't want to devote everything to Google Plus because, frankly, you don't own it. Um, it's a good thing. It's powerful. Um, but, you know, should she be doing that or should she be doing, you know, in an ideal world, she should be doing both, writing a lot for her blog and writing a lot for her plus. But people just don't have time yeah. for that. Um, well, she pub- if she publishes a ton of content, why, why isn't she just alternating between the two? I think she is right now, but the the the, the trick is, uh, frankly, if, if you've got fifty thousand followers on Google Plus, it's pretty tough to want to write on your blog. <laughs> That's my opinion, anyway. Um, yeah, if you don't have fifty thousand followers on your blog, subscribe to your feeds, and you're going to want to the content. But does she link to her blog? You know, like at the, in her profile or in her bottom of her posts. I mean, there's ways to, to, to expose her blog to these 50,000 people so she can grow that space as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of trying to split it. Uh, so this is what I'm coming down to. Maybe this is not clear. Is it a matter of trying to split it? And, and or is it, um, you know, what should it be? You know, in, in a sense, it, it really, uh, I don't know, it's kind of odd. The whole thing's kind of odd. And I mean, I know based on all our theory and all of our experience, what, it is doing right now, like that's what we're talking about. But what mm-hmm. should it be doing? You know, it's, so, she, so she has a large audience on Google Plus. What's her audience size on her blog? I don't even think she knows yet. Okay, so and, it's not it's not significant. No, but she obviously doesn't want to give all her club to so, something that she can't control. So what 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 does she want to do? So what is her goal? Your recommendation, and I think it's a good one, is to build equity on her website because Google Plus might not be around you know, forever, but her website could be around forever as long as she maintains it. So 
Well, also on your website, you can have advertising. You can do things. That yeah. So if she's, if she's trying to transition her audience from Google Plus to her blog, then the simple strategy is to write all the content on her blog and then go to Google Plus and recap the content and link over to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, but you know what? I wonder how many people are actually thinking about this. I don't That's know. why I want, partly wanted to bring it up. I, I think it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's the next step. And a lot of people don't have that much traffic. A lot of people are still trying to figure out what plus, plus can plus, do for how, <laughs> how, I mean, It sounds like she creates a lot of content. She writes a lot. If she only writes on Google+, Plus, she's not going to be able to take advantage of authorship. And we know authorship is going to be – it's growing. It's getting bigger. And it's going to be a bigger part of the algorithm moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point – I've not seen, maybe somebody else has examples of authorship being applied to Google Plus posts directly, though it should be. They should do it automatically. If they're not already, they should. Um, but you definitely know you can get the authorship value if you're posting it on your site. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting to, to, to think about it. And in terms of authorship, you wonder almost how much of that's being built into what you're writing on Google Plus anyway. Um, you're building right. your authorship in a sense that way. Yeah. But, but it would be very interesting. I'm going to have to research this now because if you write something and you only write it on Google+, it shows up in a search result, does it apply authorship? If you have, can, can, Should you add Google+, Plus as a contributor to your profile? So it will show <laughs> up. I, I, you shouldn't have to, I don't think, but maybe no. you do. <laughs> I very much doubt it considering uh, yeah, that would be pretty sad if Google couldn't connect those two dots. I'm going to have to ask. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to. I'm, going to I'm speaking. I'm speaking to SMX East on an authorship panel, and one of the people on our panel is from Google. So I'm going to ask. We'll find out. <laughs> cool. I'm interested to hear what they say. Yeah, me uh, too. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> let's take a quick break. I know we were spending a little time on that, and we've got some uh, some questions and some news to share. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. The Web Marketing Association is now seeking entries for the second annual International Mobile Web Award Competition, recognizing the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world to create and maintain outstanding mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entries is September 30th, 2013. Submit your 2013 Mobile Web Award entry at www.mobile-webaward.org. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. 
Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report, your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. From Capitol Hill to the White House, the Courthouse to the State House, the FTC to the State Attorney General, the Cyber Law and Business Report, on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello and welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So why don't you lead ahead with the news here, John? So a couple of interesting things have been happening recently. Um, Webmaster Tools did a update to their link tool inside of Webmaster Tools. And basically, it used to be if you, if you go into Webmaster Tools and you look at the links, you know, the, the links linking to your site, um, it was pretty much hard to tell which ones are important. It would show you everything it knew about starting in A to Z. There was no real rhyme or reason to the order of these links. Um, it just seemed that, you know, every, it was like, the first one that they know about is listed and down the row. What they've done is they've reorganized the links they show you to show you a broader mix of the links. Now, the real kicker to this is you can export out of Webmaster Tools all the links it knows about up to 50,000. So if you have less than 50,000, it's not going to make that much of a difference to you, this change they've made. But if you have more than 50,000 links, um, you will now get a better cross-section of the link that Google is showing for your site. Because, you again, you can only export 50,000 of them. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's good for big sites, this update, but for the smaller sites that, that have, you know, maybe only five or 10,000 links, you know, it's not a big change because you, you can export them all anyway. So it's, it's something to know for, for those, you know, webmasters and SEOs dealing with, with sites with a lot larger links. You now are getting a better cross-section of links reported inside of Webmaster Tools. Now, speculatively, why on earth did they ever? Sorry for that motorcycle nearby here. Um, why on earth did they even make it a problem? Why don't they just let it? You know, you're the site owner. It's not like anyone else can look at it. Why don't they just let all of us have? Let, let us have all of them. Because well, so for our sites, we have millions and millions of backlinks. I think that's most likely. Again, without asking someone to Google, you don't know for sure. But most likely, it's a resource. You think about all the millions and millions of websites on the internet. If they can. If they showed every single backlink to every single thing, it's it's a resource thing, I'm sure. Okay, well that's fair enough. I mean, we're not talking about millions in many cases, though. Let's say yeah, but there's millions uh, up to two hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, but there's but there's millions of sites. There's five hundred and sixty-one sites created every hour. The last time I checked, so if you think about that for the past ten years, how many websites are out there? <laughs> oh, I know, but it's not like they're not looking at this data. They have it right there. It's not like they have to create it. I mean, this is stuff they, they consider at all times when they're doing but, their analysis. But, but Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe it's it, – I still think it has, to, it has to tie to resources somehow. Corner guy. Corner one of them. Tell them. Get, them, get it out of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> I'll text Matt right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, no, I don't have to text. I'll be reading them, but you know, I can't help it. <laughs> the the other thing cool that happened this was this was actually interesting because it was a conversation that Barry Schwartz had on Google Plus. So one of the uh, ex members of the Manual Action Spam team, um, he was connected to, and and they started a conversation, and it was and we also we'll put a link to it on the, the Google Plus community, but because uh, it's a Google Plus conversation, 
but basically what it said is he said Google never sends warnings about web spam. There's always some kind of manual action that has been taken if you get a notification in Webmaster Tools. So he said they they will be nice and send notifications about you know we're seeing a lot of 404 errors. Is there something wrong with your site? A lot of kind of stuff like that. But if they ever say anything about a you know they see spam on your site, it's not a warning. They've taken some kind of action which is very interesting because there's lots of talk about they'll send out a warning first and then you have time to act. Apparently that's not true at all. Let's just hope it's not the, the kind of quote-unquote spam that they decided was just spam last week. <laughs> like uh, anchor text, keyword anchor text and stuff like oh. that. <laughs> yeah, Still exactly. At that. <laughs> just ridiculous. Pardon me. Uh, anyways, I'm having fun here griping. Okay, and, and the next one's about Google crawling unlinked URLs. Um, to discover new content. Now, this was interesting, isn't it? I, when I saw it, it was yeah, one of those things that I always like to think was just kind of logical, but also yeah, like, we never really had words. No one ever said anything about it, and that's that Google will actually take, uh, if you say you write a content and you say www.thatsite.com, uh, but you don't have a link in it. Uh, they I actually have to, have I have to pause it. you for a second, Ross. Yes. I, I have never, I've been in this business for 14, 15 years building websites. I have never to this moment ever heard anybody refer to it as Triple W. I'm just saying. It's the first time ever. <laughs> so what? You, you've, you've rocked my world today. Triple W. Never heard it before. Really? Dub, 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 I've heard. You know, I've oh, never really? heard Triple W. There you go. I rocked your world. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. That was too easy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just had to throw that out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. All right. So triple w dot whatever that site is dot com. <laughs> um if it's just in there just written, no link is actually present, like hyperlink. Uh Google will take that and it won't apply any page rank, it won't pass anything, but they will use it as a, as a, a mention word for discovery. So they've added it to their index list. Yeah, Interesting. Won't, won't impact rankings whatsoever, but they'll find new content that way. I think that was, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's like, you know, they've probably been doing it forever, but you're right. No one ever really talked about it till now. Now, the one thing that I thought was highly suspect is, is uh, the follow-up that, that uh, Barry Schwartz wrote about this, and, and that is that he figured that based on what Google had said, that if you had the no-follow tag in an actual hyperlink, those would never be indexed. It's it's kind of like the, Google has said. To be fair, they have said that if they're they will consider it a signal not to index it. I don't believe that for a minute, though. I mean, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever heard that no follow from being indexed. It just means that they won't crawl it, and if they find it some other way, they will index it. Oh well, yes, okay, <laughs> semantics. Yeah. Yes, I just mean. I think if they see the link there and it just got a no follow, there's no reason why they wouldn't add it as a, a notation to look. Maybe a low, low priority, but I mean they'd still index those. Like mm-hmm. they, I, I don't know. They they don't like to miss anything. I don't. You know they want to index the world here. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. But, uh, so whenever they say we won't do this, I always go uh huh. <laughs> Google, come on. Uh, now, one thing I wanted to add here was I had a fun time writing a, an article on, I think it was Friday, actually, or Thursday. No, Thursday. Um, Google Trends has just released a bunch of new um, uh, ways to do searches. So there's top charts, uh, which is uh, really quite, I'm going to use a cool word now, snazzy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funky. You know, they've, really, they've laid out all these images uh, with a lot of the great stats. They'll show you what people are really searching for right now, a lot of other data. 
and they made it look prettier. That's for sure. Um, and you can do the last thirty days, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Anyways, what I did is I, I decided to make it into a content play with uh, uh, about how you can use trends to uh, spice up content that you may not normally have gotten much links from. And I, I used Miley Cyrus as my example. I think the only reason why it was just it was so easy. I mean, <laughs> there's so many great <laughs> word plays you can do with that. Um, anyways, I think it's a laugh if you're into SEO. If you're not into SEO, it might be like, uh, okay, you won't get the jokes. But check it out. <laughs> like, it's on my site. It's the first one posted right now. And, uh, nice. Uh, this, this is one that I found interesting, too. You know how Matt puts out his videos all the time. And a lot of them are great. And some of them have some interesting little snippets. And he put out one uh, a week or so ago, basically talking about automated content and content that's generated by automatic means. And to, to, to make a long story short, he said, automated content is against Google's guidelines. And, and it's interesting because, I mean, if you think about it, spammers and questionable hat SEOs for years and years have tried to find shortcuts of ways to mass produce things and, and mass you know, automate as much as they possibly can. And content has always fallen into that, and, and that's a no-no, and you shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, you have a small business that has limited resources, and if they can make things more cost-effective and efficient, by automating it, they try to, and it, that makes a lot, lot of sense because it helps them. But if they if they go down the path of automating content, they could be basically automating themselves out of the search results. So it's it's an interesting interesting video to watch. Um, I post I actually posted the link to our Google Plus last week, so it's up the Google Plus community, um, and then search engine land did an interesting analysis on it too. But just something to be aware of. The more you automate, the more likely you're going to get yourself in trouble. So, you know, in, in the search space, but, but totally understand if you're trying to save on resources, you're a small business, autom- auto- automation really does help. So it's a fine line, and you've got to know where that line is when you're doing it. Oh, yes. More, uh, <laughs> more fog to make things a little murkier. But, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I, we're already over time, believe it or not. Uh, and I know we've got lots more to talk about, so maybe we'll, we'll shove some more in another can here. But thank okay. you so much for everyone for joining us today. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thanks for joining us. And keep in mind that we are air every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And we would love for you to have any feedback or questions on our community page. That's the Google Plus community page. Just go to Google Plus and search for SEO 101. You'll find it in no time flat. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.